Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Reggie's Expressions. But before we get started, I need to tell you about how great this application called Anchor is. That's the application that I'm using to record this right now. This application is great because it allows you to be able to record a podcast and do all the things that you need in terms of editing in one place, all right? I used this application before, and not only did I have to record it, I had to download it from this thing and add it to this and add it. It was just too much. I found out about Anchor, and I realized how easy it was. They have all the creation tools and everything that you're going to need right from your phone. You can edit, you can add music, whatever you need directly from the application. Like I said, it's all in one place. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I can't reiterate that enough, all right? So all you guys got to do is go and download the Anchor app, either from your Google Play Store or your Apple Play Store or wherever you get your, your apps from on your phone. Or you can do it the traditional way by going to anchor.fm to get started. All right, guys, enjoy this episode. Thank you so much again. And don't forget, you can find us on Reggie's Expressions, and that's Reggie's underscore expressions on Instagram. Enjoy the episode. Hello. All right. There we yeah. go. Hey, yeah. you, you sent it me. You sent it through the text, but it came through my calendar. So if I did it through my calendar, it worked. If I did it through my text, it didn't work. I don't, Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Because you do have to sign in whenever you, um, when you do it from your phone, you can do it from your phone, but, um, but yeah. I use my tablet. <laughs> When you sign in, if you do it, you know, when you save, uh, if I invite you, then you get the direct link to come in. Okay. So, yeah, the one that you sent me through text said that you had another person or another host, but when I went through my um, uh, calendar, it mm -hmm. went right through. So, how are you doing, sir? Okay. Hi, um. I'm in a weird headspace right now, but um, okay. I don't know. I'm in a weird headspace. What's going on? Uh, just, mm, just stuff. Just you know, this whole situation and just everything. You know, what what situation? There's a lot going on in the universe. So, well, what we're gonna be what we're gonna be talking about the discussion that we're gonna be talking about. Um, brief. Okay. And then, um, no, me and Carlos kind of 
I mean, we didn't get into it, but just you had a. You it had wasn't a, an argument. Uh, it wasn't an argument. It was just like we have to agree to disagree type of. No, situation. no, nothing like that. It's just sometimes I just feel like he can be inconsiderate. Ah, uh, gotcha. Whatever. Okay. It gotcha. ill. What it ill. So, um, how are you though? I'm doing good. Um, you know, we kind of woke up early today. We had uh, mm -hmm. uh, an Airbnb guest mm -hmm. um, that stayed with us this weekend. They left because they had an emergency. So they left um, earlier today. And uh, Jay and I, we went to go eat and, you know, do different things around the city. And then, um, he just he went on this hibernation sleepy spell and mm -hmm. <clears throat> I started watching my DC comic stuff and it sounds like me. Yeah, Jason took a nap and it took longer than usual because I'm like, okay, babe, I'm hungry. What are we gonna get? Oh, are you gonna cook? No, okay. So I'm gonna order hops. You want chicken pie thai? Okay, all right. I'll order you that. I'll give me a Cuban sandwich. We'll go. And then he wakes up and he's like, "All right, well, we'll eat in the living room because our guest left." And I'm like, "Okay." Just to let you know, I have a podcast going on with, with Reggie. He's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go walk Jeffrey." I'm like, "All right." Hi, mm -hmm. um, I had a, a, an experience with uh, Sneer, Snee, and Snee. Um, I'm not gonna put their name out there, but uh, mm -hmm. Snare, Snee, and Snee. The place you work for, the place that you have people that come guest, Airbnb. I was trying to be discreet oh. about it. Um, oh. It wasn't even. I'm not going to even talk about that experience. It just it reminded me when you said that emergency and all that other stuff. But oh. it was a bad experience. I have to talk to you offline about that. <laughs> yeah. It was fixed. Let's let's say that. Um, you were a guest. If that was the issue. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, okay. I don't want to. I don't want to get in it because I'm gonna be recording this. I'm not gonna edit it, so <laughs> I don't want to put it out on front of. So, uh, but Airbnb right. is great. If you guys ever want to sponsor me, I'm I'm down for it. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna say as far as Airbnb, it just depends on where you stay and if they're a super host or not. But again, we'll have the conversation offline. <laughs> so. Um, Today is August 29th, 2020. It is currently 8.37. Um, a little worn out today. Although I didn't do a whole lot. I guess I'm just exhausted from, from everything. The tributes mm -hmm. and all that other stuff, which brings me to my topic that we're gonna kind of discuss. Now I wanna you know, give you guys a full disclosure here. Um, Angelo and myself are not grief counselors. We do not have a degree in grief. We just talk about our experiences. We are what one would consider common sense specialists when it comes to the, you know, this thing called life. And long story short, you know, we're just going to talk about just some experiences with grief and things that he does uh, that would help him pass with griefing or, you know, grieving, I'm sorry. And then things that I do and, you know, uh, the most recent experience that we had um, you know, of mourning someone of uh, great importance, if you will. But um, as you guys probably already know, you woke up this morning and I felt it was necessary for me to go ahead and, you know, do this podcast today, even though I'm not in the mood um, 100% uh, because, you know, these type of things happen to create conversations and, you know, you know, I've actually learned within the recent year or so that death is one of my triggers when it comes to my anxiety. So right on schedule, I actually had a panic attack last night. And uh, Carlos said I also woke up in a um, not fit of rage. That's it wasn't that it was like, I guess I, got, I woke up gasping for air, which I don't remember that happening. I mean, a couple nights ago. Yes, but I don't remember that happening last night but i mean it will be par for the course when it comes to you know what happens to my body um i was talking to somebody uh, someone recently and by the way guys my 
my guest is Angelo. You guys heard him on our previous podcast. Um, and uh, have you got any feedback, by the way? Did you let Jason listen to it? Anybody listen to it? Um, well, I put it on my social media. I have not heard any feedback as of yet. Um, I'll actually have Jay listen to it. I don't mm. think he has, or if he has, he hasn't said anything, but I'll definitely get some feedback from him to see what he thinks about it. Well, here's the thing. I, I'm, um, I'm not, well, I'm a little bit of an expert at this. So if anybody's coming to give me any advice, uh, unless you're a professional in this and you do this all the time, I don't really want to hear your suggestions. And that's not trying to be mean. <laughs> that's the straight up honest truth. Right. So, you know, uh, feedback is warranted if you see some things that can add value to the uh, uh, to the podcast. But if you're talking about subject matter and stuff like that, I'm not interested in hearing it. So um, <laughs> that's the nicest and the quickest and easiest way I can say that. But um, but yeah, you know, death has been one of my triggers for a while. And uh, I've come to know that that's the case recently. And, um, you know, I, I think I really have an issue because I've accepted the idea that I'm a little bit of a control freak. So mm. my fear is really more or less about what happens when I'm gone, not really the fear of dying. So I don't really know what to do with that and how to sit with that. But, um, you know, uh, everybody in this world is eventually going to have to go through it, whether it be tragic or, you know, uh, the way I was supposed to go, which is peacefully, which I can ask for anybody but um you know uh grieving is always something that you know everybody have their own process really that they use to to grieve um for me i'm a person that will boo my eyes out the day of uh you know uh the day of passing and then maybe a lot when um the funeral is because it it makes me realize how final everything is up until that point, you know, up until that point, we're just kind of talking about you and, you know, um, in past tense, yes, which is a new, you know, concept, but um, my mind hadn't grasped the idea of you being gone until I see you in that, you know, that casket or your final resting place. So, um, so that's, that's kind of the situation for me, but I'll cry, 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 and I'll have moments, you know, after where I'll still have, you know, bits of sadness, but when I'm done crying, I'm typically done crying. Now I have, you know, Carlos is one of those people that, you know, if you talk about something sad or talk about, you know, that person that he cared about, like for example, my best friend, Arlena, who passed away, um, you know, Carlos will cry at a drop of a dime. And, you know, uh, it doesn't mean that he's a lot more emotional than I am. It's just that that's just how he grieves. You know, it's a, it's a continued process. Um, as opposed to me, I, I, I cry, which, you know, crying isn't necessarily all of what grieving or grievance is. It's a multitude of things. But, you know, the crying aspect, which kind of outwardly shows your sadness, I typically just do that at the very beginning of recognizing uh, that person passing. So I think that's what today is for me, you know, um, although I didn't know Chaswick uh, Bozeman. Um, personally, um, I like the idea of what he represented. Um, especially for black people and, you know, a culture that was uh, up and coming. Um, I did get a chance to go see uh, um, Black Panther. And I'm not really a super fan of like, you know, uh, uh, action movies, you know, the people that I was with, you know, they liked it. So I kind of, you know, developed an appetite, but Black Panther was the one movie that I was extremely excited about going to go see simply because, you know, it was the first time I had ever seen anything like that, you know, on screen. So mm -hmm. Carlos and I actually, you know, took pictures in our, you know, black garb or, um, you know, our outfits that we had on, uh, which that shirt I cannot wear to this day. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was really a fun event just being able to see everybody come in with their pente cloth and you know, all of that. And then the, the movie was just amazing, you know, to begin with anyway, but, you know. Well, and it was mostly what he represented, right? It was the first time ever that a uh, Black superhero was um, mm -hmm. presented at the big screen, right? Right. Um, mm -hmm. As far as, you know, Marvel 
uh, yeah. you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, um, as a kid, I, I've pretty much almost touched my hands on every comic book probably known. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you know, ju- but just seeing it in in the big screen, uh, I definitely understand how he um, meant a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, and he was just a, a you know a, a good dude. You know, I, I was looking at a a lot of his highlight reels, and he's always been as positive as he yeah. was until the very end. So, you know, it was, I, I'm glad that he was able to immortalize that, you know, because it definitely fit his personality and it fit, you know, uh, ultimately what he was trying to do, which was really immortalize, you know, those people that he was playing, which was Thurgood Marshall, um, Jackie Robinson, um, mm-hmm. James Brown, and then ultimately T'Challa from uh black panther so um it's um it's definitely sad to to see and uh, i've just been reveling in that you know uh just the highlight reel of his life um and there was something that they were showing jimmy fallon actually did it i think he reposted it you might have seen it too but um it was about you know black people it was a, it was black folks you know, who had watched the movie and they were, you know, coming to talk about how much the movie meant to them and, and so on and so forth. And he came out and surprised all of them. And right. there was one dude that was on there that was talking about, he uh, he said he saw the movie twice in the movie theater and then he bootlegged, he saw it through bootleg the third time. And then he came out, <laughs> he was like, you bootlegged my movie? <laughs> so, um, you know, it was, he just seemed a, a genuine good dude. And, you know, for him to have the four-year span of, of battling it and doing everything he did. I thought that that was just absolutely amazing, you know, and it definitely makes it that much more tragic because we didn't know, but I don't think it would have made a difference really had we known. Um, yeah, and I mean, it, it, it probably has not. I mean, um, last night I was laying in bed and um, I was playing Coin Masters on my phone, I know, but um, all of a sudden, I just saw the feed come into my phone, you know, that he passed away. And I'm sitting yeah. there with my mouth open. I'm like, no. Right. And it's like, what's going on? And I'm like, Chadwick Boswin passed away. He's like, who? I said, Chasman Boswin. And he, he looked at me kind of puzzled. And I was like, T'Challa from, um, Black, Panther. from Black Panther. And he looked at me like no, and I'm like, look at the phone. I mean, it, it is what it is. And he's like, it has to, it has to be a joke. And I'm like, no, he, you know, in the headline, you know, he died at 43. Now, mind you, not to give out my age, but I'm close to that age. You know what I mean? And um, and to 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 get that feed, um, I I, I was kind of raised differently you know what i mean as far as grieving and passing and whatnot i, I was raised like like i've like i said before you know i come from a devout catholic family um my first experience with grief and death was at the age of 10. um but even though you're groomed right or uh brought up to to not fear um passing or death, mm-hmm. um, you always have that uh, mortality, right? You always think about your mortality, like, when is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? And unfortunately, you don't have control no. over that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it really, like, it, it put me yesterday in a, in a weird spot because it was kind of like, it, it kind of brought back that mortality. You know what I mean? Like, Oh my God, I'm about to turn 42. Y'all don't make fun of me, but I'm about to make 42 and I still look good for 42. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you, Blanche Devereaux. Um, but it doesn't matter your age. You just, and, and, and it happens to me all the time. Anytime that even in my personal life, when, when I hear someone passing or someone close to me passes away, um, it always reverts me back to that um, mortality. You know what I mean? Like, what have I done in life to leave a mark? Um, 
but yeah, I mean, grieving is, is different for everyone. And I mean, like I said, for me, it started, my touch was at the age of 10. Um, my grandmother always uh, grew me to see, you know, like she used to always tell me, you know, el que no quiera morir, que no nada, you know. Um, he, you know, he, he who doesn't want to die shouldn't be born. And, um, you know, and, and as a kid, you kind of look at that like, okay, what are you saying? You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and then when you experience that grief of someone that you deeply, deeply love, mm. it's a little bit different. Right. Um, and then just the whole process is just, I don't know, I look at passing or dying and in a different light mm -hmm. um because eventually we all have to get there right mm -hmm. i mean it's inevitable you don't know i mean you have you have those that don't even take their first breath or they do take their first breath mm -hmm. and they move on and then you have people that live fruitful lives and then you have those that are taken too early mm -hmm. um and the way that I look at it is, you know, one, well, the way that I look at it for myself, right? Did I do something to leave a mark in someone's life? At least one person's life, you know, as an adult. Mm -hmm. um, and two, the relationships that you create and you have. Um, that's right, you know, that's why I try not to have too many enemies or two people that don't like me or dislike me. It's not that, you know, I want the biggest eulogy, but mm. you always want to leave a mark. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and unfortunately, when your number's up, your number's up. I mean, yeah. there's no there's no way around it. I mean, I wish that there was a way around it, but there's not. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, you know, the grieving process is for the living. Right. And my thing is, especially with people close to you, right? Because, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you, you have your idols and there's, like, for example, you know, Chasmine, well, like we, um, um, we know he was a great actor. He mm -hmm. meant a lot to us um, as, as an actor, right? But... Mm -hmm. His death probably won't be as impactful as it was somebody close to you. Mm. You know what I mean? I guess like, it, I guess it depends on who you ask. I mean, I can see a lot of people, you know, with great sadness, you know, um, experiencing this as much as you know it would be somebody else who, um, you know, somebody who is close because of you know what he stood for. So right. I I can see what you mean when you're saying that you know it's not gonna it's not gonna feel the same as what it did if or what it would if it was somebody that you knew and you you know had a familiar relationship or something like that so i i can understand where you're coming from yeah i mean if it was i mean i hear it all the time and in my line of work what i do mm -hmm. i i get it at least once a month where i have you know mm -hmm. a couple of clients pass away mm -hmm. And you're like, oh my God, I just, they were just in my office. Or, um, you know, I just did their recertification mm -hmm. over the phone and I just talked to them not too long ago. Oh my God, they passed away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you feel the, I, well, I feel the, 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 the sympathy, you know, of them passing on and what their family is going through. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just had one of my workers, her paternal grandmother, passed away. Um, Last weekend, she called me up and she's like, hey, I need Thursday and Friday off. I'm like, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. Take the time that you need. If you need more time than what, you know, policy is, let me know. I'll work with you. Um, because everybody grieves differently, right? I mean, someone can just grieve somebody for a day and move on. And then there are some people that just need more time. Um, but I definitely understand where the 
the grieving part um, of people are. And to me, I don't know, I look at it as your relationship with that person. And I'm talking as far as a personal relationship. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because people grieve differently depending on the the relationship or or lack of right right um and i've noticed throughout my years that those that grieve the most are those that felt that they should have had more time um with that individual or they were um they felt that they differently or they should have done this they should have done that kind of with regret a little bit Right. There's some regrets. There's mm-hmm. some, um, you know, well, I should have done this and they grieve the most, the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's the very, it's, it's, it's a very dimensional conversation because it all depends on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if you look at it from a religious standpoint, we're all going to get there eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, And my thing is, you know, be kind to each other, spend that time with those individuals that mean the most to you. Mm -hmm. Because once you're gone, like my grandmother used to say, el muerto con tierra tiene, you know, the the dead with with dirt, they're fine with it. They're no longer here. Mm -hmm. It's just the ones that are living are the ones that have to keep on moving, you know what I mean? And... And they're the ones that are going to remember the pain and the hurt. Mm-hmm. If and, for me, and for me, when I think about, you know, certain situations and stuff like that, like, you know, I, because death is final, you know, I don't, I don't, um, I try my best not to uh, sadden myself with, you know, the, the regret of not doing simply mm-hmm. because I own how I felt at the, for that relationship at that time. So if you and I weren't speaking, which is easier said than done, I'm sure. But if we weren't speaking or we weren't the best of friends, you know, I'm not going to convince myself that I should be, you know, I should be more sad about, you know, this person passing away when, you know, we weren't even on that level. You know, when I, I was in the military and there was this gentleman named Heidelberg. Heidelberg was... uh, one of the most giving people that I've ever seen. But, you know, the unfortunate thing about it is I I think that he has some mental health issues, unfortunately, and um, his recruiter took advantage of him, long story short, um, I think. Um, But, um, you know, he, he used to, he was one, he was the kind of person that would literally give the shirt off his back. Like if you asked him for it, he would give it to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, literally not not like for play play like for real for real you know yeah. he would go and buy a hundred dollars and you know the stuff from the uh commissary and then he'd be like hey man let me get all of that and he would be like okay cool he wasn't attached to it so right. you know maybe that was a testament to how you know how to live this world but um you know he was a little bit uh i remember him being someone who was a little aloof um you know, he was all over the place, you know, messy, you know, just not, you know, the best soldier ever. And unfortunately, in 2003, um, he died in a plane crash. Um, his uh, plane that he was flying to to go to R&R, which was uh, a place that it wasn't home, but it was more or less like, all right, you know, you're going on vacation from the war. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it was like a little destination that they would take you to. And it was him and everybody that was on the plane that ended up dying. Um, and unfortunately, you know, I remember people um, <clears throat> kind of, you know, feeling sad, like, oh, I shouldn't have done this and I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have said that. And it was just like, well, you know, I mean, you had that relationship with him. Um, although it might not have been a tumultuous one, it was a real one. So at the end of the day, right. you know, try not to beat yourself up because, there's nothing you can do about it now. You know, it's like what you said, you know, he has, to, he's fine with it because he's no longer here. So give yourself a break and understand that those feelings that you had were valid. And yeah, you were angry at him when he, you know, did something that you didn't like and that was okay to be angry. It had nothing to do with the fact that, 
you know, you didn't, um, you know, you were being mean, unless you were clearly mean to him. Um, right. But, you know, even with that being said, you know, there's no one knows when their number is going to be called. So yep. you can't really, you know, live life on that on that aspect. And, you know, it's something that you said when you were, you know, just speaking in terms of like um, the grieving process and, you know, uh, you want to make sure that you, you know, touch one person or another. I can honestly and truly say that I experienced that with my best friend, Darlena. Um, I talk about her often, but it's because she touched so many people. Her, her funeral to me felt like a celebration. That was the best right. funeral I had ever been to, you know, with the exception of my sister and her husband home going um, ceremony. But, you know, it was, you know, uh, crying, you know, uh, laughter, um, you know, just a celebration of her life in totality. And, you know, long story short, you know, it was literally standing room only, you know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. there wasn't a, a point you know, of, um, you know, there wasn't anybody that didn't have a moment with her. And she had this thing that her sister, you know, did a very good job of explaining that she, um, you know, she had this, this thing that made you feel like you were the only one, like you were the favorite, you know what I'm saying? Right. And um, it's funny because me and Tommy, Tommy and I, I met Tommy through Darlena. You know, we went to school together. Um, and, you know, Tommy and I were probably the unlikeliest of friends, but long story short, through her, we became friends. We became, you know, fairly good fr uh, friends after a while. And, you know, over the years, you know, they kind of did, you know, drifted apart a little bit, but they always would ask and talk about each other all the time, even though they didn't converse, you know, on that level. But, um, you know, he and I used to always be like, like, it was funny when they, when they said that in the funeral, I was like, yeah, I know I was her favorite because, you know, blah, blah, blah. But she had that effect on everybody. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was the favorite. Right. You know, because she made you feel special and she didn't have a, uh, she didn't have an enemy in the world. And the ones that, you know, might have, she was always willing to do her best to try to, you know, write whatever she might have done wrong. Right. So, um, but that was the most recent thing that I had. Um, you know, I've lost, uh, you know, a few family members. Luckily, I've only lost my grandfather on my dad's side and my mom was the only child. So, um, and both of her parents are um, moved on. So, uh, or passed on. <clears throat> but, you know, um, this one, you know, I agree with you when you say, um, you know, the depending on how close you are with that person, the more it hurts. Um, because mm -hmm. obviously, you know, when my father or my grandfather, my grandmother, you know, an aunt that passed away, you know, back in the nineties, you know, when they died, I felt this sense of sadness, but, you know, I was able to transition, you know, to uh, living life, I guess quite normally, you know, I think about them on a, you know, pretty normal basis, but long, you know, long and short of it i um this one felt different and this one feels like i still feel the effects of it even though it's nine months later you know what i'm saying right um and it comes to me in like little waves when i have moments like oh, i want to call and you know i can't you know what i'm saying um or i'm like oh let me let you know and i can't you know what i'm saying so it was just many times, you know, where that's happened, where I have had that thought, you know, of being able to, uh, like, wanting to access her at that time, uh, access her at that time, not being able to, you know, that didn't happen with my grandfather. That didn't happen with my grandmother. You know, they, my grandmother died in um, 2002, and my grandfather died in 96, and then my aunt died in 98. So, you know, um, I obviously had the sadness, you know, there that they were no longer there, but it was, it was easy for me to transition into, you know, just missing them on a, you know, I guess just missing them. Now I have my grandmother's tattoo here on my arm mm -hmm. and then, where is it? Oh, we gave it to free. That's right. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you can see it. You see that picture right there? Yeah. That's her. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I've seen it on your social media platforms. Too. Yeah. But, um, 
you know, that smile is just something that, um, you know, that I always remember from her. So even into her, uh, her dying day, you know, um, you know, the last time I saw her, she, you know, had as much of a smile as she possibly could, you know, on her face. So, um, you know, and I just want to say this to everybody, if you're looking to try to get tips on terms of grieving, there's really no tips, you know, that what we're doing right now is we're just listening to, you know, talking about the stories and, you know, yeah. the ones that I mean, we love. To be so. honest, there is no tip. I mean, unfortunately, just like life, there is no manual to life. Mm-hmm. And, and it's sad to say there's no manual on death, right? Mm-hmm. right. So, um, the way that I've always looked at it is always been, you know, how did you live and what footprints have you left? And, and that's just coming from my perspective, right? As a person that's going to pass away eventually. Don't know when it's going to happen, but it will. I, I can't say the same thing for the ones that I'll be leaving behind, but I hope that my relationships while I'm still living are strong relationships mm-hmm. where, you know, they shared, they shared in, they shared in my life and will be able to um, celebrate my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, when I was younger, I was touched early, right? I was 10 years old when my grandmother passed away in 19, in August, actually August, she passed away August um, 12th, um, 1989. Um, today, the 29th of August, would have been my grandmother's 90th, 93rd birthday. Um, and when she passed away as a 10-year-old, mind you, as a 10-year-old, first-generation Dominican where there was a language barrier within my mother, my grandmother, my aunts, my uncles, and everything, right? Everybody in between. As a kid, I had to broader, you know, translate, right? All of her medical care and everything that was going on to my parents, you know what I mean? I mean, can you imagine that's going on for a 10-year-old? That's a lot. You know what I mean? It's a lot. It's a lot lot for a 10-year-old to translate that you know your grandmother has you know heart congestive heart failure her diabetes was a contributor to all that you know what i mean and and just translating everything watching her being on life support and then all that you know what i mean just going through all that all that adult stuff right as as a kid just really as a, as a child, you're looking, I mean, now looking at it as an adult, that's adult stuff, you know what I mean? Normally stuff like that, you're, the kids are at home and, and, and all this is happening in the background, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and to come find out, she, you know, she passes away, you're, you're, you're trying to comprehend everything. And the night after she passes away, the only thing that, as a kid, you, you you imagine is, you know, this blue light of her saying goodbye to you, mm-hmm. and and trying to decompress all that you've been taught, right, mm-hmm. um, about how eventually this is going to happen. And, you know, it, it boggles a ten-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned from that, and 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 of course, I've lost a lot of people along the way. For various reasons, either they've you know took their own life, mm-hmm. they died tragically, or they died of natural causes, um, or you know they died because of lack of medical care because they didn't take care of themselves. I mean, right. you, you see it along the, <laughs> a, a long life, and at the end of the day. There's no manual. There's none. No, there isn't. There's no I manual. Mean, You're right. I, uh, my last, my last passing was my aunt. Um, my aunt Behing. Um, she struggled a lot. She had heart disease. Um, and 
it, it, it kind of, I felt sad, right? Because I, I was living, I'm living here in North Carolina. She passed away in Florida. And, but I constantly FaceTimed her, right? Mm-hmm. Constantly FaceTimed her. Whenever I went down to Florida, I spent a lot of time with her, took out to the flea markets. You know, I knew something was happening. Um, I, 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 I can just sense it. So I just spent as much, much time that I could with her and made her laugh. I mean, and she was she was a very strong woman. You know what I mean? She mm-hmm. she kept her own emotion in check. Mm-hmm. That's how type of a woman she was. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, when she passed, did I feel sad? Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm gonna miss her tremendously. Mm-hmm. But I spent a lot of time with her. Um, Prior to that, my uncle Mon or Ramon, um, he didn't take care of himself. And you kept on telling him, Theo, go to the doctor. Something's wrong. He never took care of himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, he passed away because he didn't seek medical attention. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that's, I get it. It's taboo. I get it. I understand it. Um, and that's kind of like why I worked in the field that I work in now. I mean, as you know, I'm a, I'm a social worker. I, I work with, you know, making sure that people are eligible for Medicaid. I mean, for those that are eligible for Medicaid. I want to make sure that people that are eligible for it get the medical, get the insurances to at least get the medical care that they need. Right. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, in our culture, yours and mine, there's just a lot of people that don't take care of themselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's all of them, but some of them don't. Yeah, and I think it, it goes back to, you know, what you're saying in terms of access to, you know, a lot of times. And then you also said something that was interesting in terms of being it being taboo, which, you know, a lot of the old heads, honestly, they feel that way because they don't want to be told that it's going to be something that's going to, you know, be final or, you know, they can't eat collard greens or cornbread no more, you know. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to you gotta do it, you know. And, um you know, a lot of things that are taboo, especially taking care of yourself. Take care of yourself, okay? Because what happens is, is you put that burden on your family and uh, your family members, and they have to deal with that, and that's the worst thing for them to have to realize. My my grandmother, unfortunately, um, she passed away from breast cancer. I didn't know she had breast cancer. When she died, I thought that it was a complication of her diabetes, which was one of the many things that she had, but you know, as talking with my sister, my, um, my grandmother had, uh, had a, uh, mastectomy, you know, both, mm-hmm. of her, both of her breasts are gone. She's mm-hmm. had weeks when she was in the, um, the hospital, you know, and for her, <laughs> she didn't want us to worry, but you know, at the flip side of that too, I mean, on the flip side of that too, you have to consider the ones that love you as well. You know, if you're on the opposite side of that and you're, you know, you, you do have this terminal illness. You want to make sure, or do the best you can to try to, because I ain't trying to preach to nobody that's not, because you got a lot of stuff to think about anyway. But being on the opposite side of that and having to reconcile, you know, the fact that that does a number on the people that are left here grieving too, because we're left here thinking like, damn, you know, have we been there more? If we done this, we prayed more, all this other stuff, you know, that you don't get a chance to reconcile because of, you know what I'm saying? Because of your un, you know, your unknowing, you know. So it's uh, it's 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 tough, and and you know, talking about death is is one of the well, one of my scariest things. But you know, you got to be able to have conversations with the people you love about you know what your what your death plan is, you know, because the worst thing you can have is people who don't really know you that well that's over there trying to figure out what the hell you want you know what i'm saying he want to be cremated nah he want to be this nah he want to be that nah he had told me this one time in the conversation like 20 years ago that he wanted to you know be uh whatever and you know you you gotta have those conversations as uncomfortable as they are the more you talk about it the easier it becomes well and even and even today it was one of those conversations again I mean, like, I probably, well, those that probably heard the other um, uh, podcast, um, or they may not have heard, but 
you know, I say my husband, but oh, I'm not really. They heard. They heard. Don't do my uh, podcast like that. Okay. So, you know, I'm unmarried, but um, we had that conversation again today. And it's so funny. We had that conversation again today. You know, we should get married in the event something was to happen to me. You need to marry that man. You need, you know, we need to make sure that you're taken care of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but like I said, to me, it's, to me, it's not about the money, right? I don't look at it like that way. But to be honest, you want to let those people that are still living comfortable and letting them, a lot of people look at it differently, right? Because um, I had my, um, my aunt that passed away, her husband passed away of, uh, he was 99 years old when he passed away. And um, she refused to get his social security, right? She was like, I'm not gonna file for that, that's blood money. And she looked at it, but in her mind, it was kind of like, he's dead, I'm taking his, I'm taking the dead man's money, Mm -hmm. right? That's how she thought about it. And, and it's like I told her, I was like, well, Tia, if he was still alive, that income would still be coming on. So it would be something to help you continue on living. Because obviously, if you don't accept that, you're going to struggle, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's, 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 there's a reason why we have these safety nets to help those, those spouses that really need it to continue to live on. Mm -hmm. Um, um, We don't look at it that way either as far as preparing, right? Mm -hmm. Most of us don't have wills. Mm -hmm. Most of us don't have um, that understanding with our spouses because we don't wanna have that tough conversation. And I wanna come across as that guy but it's going to happen it's either going to happen on your terms on god's terms or someone else's terms well your term got to be god's term anyway <laughs> regardless of the situation if you say hey you can't be like no nah, i'm good Mm-mm. sorry about that Lord. Yeah. i'm not ready Mm-mm. yeah give me about 20 minutes then we can come back and reconvene you know what i'm saying yeah. None of that. <laughs> but can, we, can, can i can i renew my contract yeah let me let me give me i need about 20 more years to really get my life together i know you told me to i'm not ready yet i'm not i'm still living my life i'm not you know i'm, I'm thugging still lord you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. let me let me get i'm not ready no but um yeah. you know it's it's just um it's a process. And, you know, Carlos and I definitely had that conversation, you know, in terms of, you know, what we want. And, um, you know, we did do life insurance policies and all that other stuff, you know, to make sure uh, that we're both okay, whether it be him going first or myself going first. And these are, you know, the the idea of these topics are, is that it's morbid and it doesn't have to be, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be a morbid conversation. Because the last thing you want to happen is a situation where, you know, you're scrambling, trying to figure out, you know, how it's all going to be done. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and it's easier said than done, to be honest, because I know what it's sure. like. I, I, I know what it's like. And I know for me, you know, part of my reasoning, and I said this in my last, um, in the last podcast with you and I, is I ain't want nobody else that's coming over here. Like, I just imagine his family coming over here and us not being married. And I'm not saying this to push you to get married because at the end of the day, whatever you do, I support you. And, you know, I was like, you know, I'd be damned if they come over here trying to tell me how to do what I need to do for you. Like, that's not an option. You know what I'm saying? And I guess that's the control freak in me. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, at the end of the day, those, it was a number of reasons and that to marry him. And that was one of them, one of them, you know? Mm-hmm. So. I mean, just to go back on the, our last conversation from our last podcast, look at what happened with Maurice. He died of a brain aneurysm. Mm-hmm. He wasn't, I mean, we broke up. It, was, it is what it is. It was what it was. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, his family took over. And guess what? None of his gay friends, gay family were allowed to attend the funeral. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And that took a toll in a lot of 
you know, people that touched his life or he touched theirs. I mean, they weren't there to say goodbye. Um, you know, to to the husk or the shell that he was, right? I mean, I don't want to sound insensitive, but that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes we need to have that conversation. Yeah. And you need that closure. And, and unfortunately, and I really don't want to politicize anything or go in the wrong direction, but it's happening more and more amongst our people. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I, you know what I mean, agree. that's not being over. That's being real. That's the reality I mean, of it. I mean, for it, it is unfortunately this topic is becoming more and more frequent. Yeah, frequent. It's more and more frequent, especially with Corona being out and, you know, how, you know, African-Americans and, you know, even, you know, people of color always seem to be the, you know, the opposite end of the stick when it comes to, you know, this, you know, these conversations are definitely things that we, we have to have, um, you know, a lot more frequently because, you know, it's things are just, you know, peering this ugly head in, in more ways than one, you know, you, you, so it, it's just kind of one of those things that you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get used to. You gotta get in your head, and that it's something that you're gonna have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like one of those things where we, you've noticed something that we fight and fight and fight for living, right? Mm -hmm. So we never have a plan when we're gone. Mm -hmm. You're right. We do not. Okay. Every day we fight, right, to stay alive to get that other, you know, to get that heartbeat going on. Um, but realistically, there's that other side, you know, as morbid and sad as it is and as cringing as it is, because trust me, I cringe all the time when I think about my mortality, right? Um, how am I going to go? What are my terms of leaving? Right. And sometimes you don't have any terms. There's, mm -hmm. Some, like I said, sometimes it's not up to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you better get that. Uh, you better get that marriage on the um on the way there. <laughs> Y'all better be getting married tomorrow. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, something to talk about. Yeah, no, no, no. Y'all need to do it. Y'all don't need to talk no more. Y'all don't talk enough. Y'all need to do it. Y'all need to be like. Uh, I've been solemnly swear to, to be with you forever and ever in life. Amen. I was about to say, after 16 years, do we need to talk anymore? Yeah, no, exactly. We just need to do it. We need to go to the co-house. You ain't got to have a big, elegant wedding. 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 You ain't got to have a big... Say, <laughs> I was raised Catholic. Have you ever seen a Catholic wedding? It's like a royal wedding. Okay. Oh, well, you know, you're going to need to compartmentalize that Catholicness when y'all get married and just go on and marry that man. Um, you gonna take his last name or he gonna take yours? Y'all gonna keep y'all same last name? Actually, I was thinking um, if we ever did it, I'm gonna go very, very Latin old school. Mm -hmm. Are you gonna keep his last name and your last name? And I'm gonna combine it with De. And start hyphenating it. De. Oh, what's his last name? Ramy. Okay. Yeah. Hyphenating, hyphenating my last name probably was the worst thing I could have ever did. Um, well, and I wasn't going to hyphenate. I think I'm going to do de in between, mm -hmm. which means of. Mm -hmm. um, and that's very, very um, Spaniard, old school. Mm -hmm. um, like in my family, my grandmothers were Spaniard, and their last name was Guzman de Garcia. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was very old school. And I think I'm going to go back to that old school way. And let me okay. clarify. Let me clear up something. It wasn't the worst decision I ever made, but there's a lot of letters in Carlos's and my last name. My last name, I think, is what, seven letters? G-A-R-A. No, six letters. And then his is S-O-C-O-R-R-O. S-O-C-O-R-R-O. So that's 13 letters. It's a lot. It's a lot. 
And, uh, you know, it's so interesting because I'll be on the phone. Hi, thank you for contacting so-and-so, so-and-so. This is Reggie Socorro Garner. How may I assist you today? What's your last name? Uh, Socorro Garner. And then they asked me, like, can you spell that for me? S is in Sam, O is an Oscar, C is in Cat. O is an Oscar. R is in Romeo, R is in Romeo, O is an Oscar. Then I have to write that shit down. You know, so I want I want to see I want I want to see the the uh, driver's license. It probably oh. has like three lines. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it, it has, and they have it weird here in Florida now, where it's like your first name, you know, your last name, and then your first name. But they have two, yeah. the 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 number two by your last name, and then one by your first name. And yeah. I kept all my names. I kept Reginald Leroy Socorro Garner. So you know, um, that was that. This is yeah. Can you imagine my middle name and all that shit? It'll be, oh. It's a lot. So, you know, um, but we actually have the same last name now. Um, we changed it when he got his citizenship. We changed it to the same last name. So, um, so uh, Mr. Angelo, I want to tell you, thank you so much, um, you know, for coming by. At this point, we've been on almost an hour, a little bit close to an hour. And I want to give everybody the gift of time because we were just talking, just having a conversation. And, you know, honestly and truly, it made me feel better. And um, it made me feel, it makes me feel, um, I feel better. At first, I was just like dragging ass when I first came in. Now I feel pretty good that I've had the conversation. And, you know, um, as I was saying, the more you talk about it, the easier it gets. And um, I just want to tell everybody, thank you so much. Um, you know, your episode actually did really, really well in the seven days that it was up. So I'm really excited about that. So I'm definitely going to have you uh, on um, considerably more. Um, and uh, I just want to let you guys know, please don't forget to share, subscribe, like, um, and um, donate if you can. There's a donate button, although I enjoy doing this. I have fun doing it donations makes it easier all right um and uh you know ain't no shame in my game in saying that but um so on that note mr angelo oh by the way reggie's expressions y'all know the name i ain't even introduced it coming into it i just got right into it this month today so that should tell y'all where my head was at but anything else you got to say sir yeah you know like i said last time the collection plate is out <laughs> so um, out, the ushers are out <laughs> so um, hopefully we'll have more conversations absolutely i'm i'm down for it you you seem to be uh you know uh amenable i had a couple other people that were like yeah absolutely and yes i'm putting y'all asses out on front half you know with the exception of one person so don't take it this person knows who knows who they are so don't take it personal but other people that were like yes absolutely when it came down to you know they were like you know they didn't they didn't want to do it so um, this other person, they're they're a lot like me in personality. So if they ain't feeling it, they ain't feeling it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm not gotcha. mad at them. But um, you yeah, know, I mean, even, even like tonight when you say, "Hey, can we talk about this topic?" I'm like, "Hell yeah!" I mean, when you want to do it, let's go ahead and do it. <laughs> and it's you know, loosely based. And you know, at the end of the day, what I really want to do with everybody is to you know, my contribution to the world is to you know, create conversations in terms of things that we consider taboo, like no topic should be, you know, like I'm not afraid to talk about sex. I'm not afraid to talking about my infidelity. I'm not afraid to talk about any of that because at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is. I'm not, I don't have any regrets behind that. And, you know, I well, want to. And, the, and, and this ahead. is what's happening in today's society, just kind of like on my end mm -hmm. is we, we don't have conversations, right? Mm -hmm. We only have arguments and disagreements and everybody goes to their corner and everybody and nobody agrees. Talks. right well and the thing is is like okay fine you're not gonna like you don't agree with most of my pro thought processes we've had conversations offline mm -hmm. you know and you didn't agree with a lot of things that i had to say and mm -hmm. hey we had the conversation right so you know who i am and then that might help me grow because I guess it's my world, right? Right. Yeah. I wake up. I wake up in the morning, and it's Angelo's world, right? Right. And then the moment that I walk out of the door, now it's Angelo and Reggie's world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all influence you know each other in some way, shape, or form, and yeah. we all need each other, even though we try to act like we don't. Um, well, like like my grandmother used to say, Angelo, and this is gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. 
You live alone, you die alone, but you never live life alone. Okay, absolutely. So on that note, y'all, I ain't got shit else to say. That's beautiful. I like that. I'm glad I got that on record. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, enjoy the rest of your night. Um, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, enjoy the rest of your day and catch you on the flip side. Have a good night, Angela. Good, good night. Bye. Good night.